Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the November 10th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Security Federal Bank. One of the best ways to support Local Matters is to support Security Federal. They have 17 locations between Columbia County, Georgia, and Columbia, South Carolina, and they are here to serve you. If you are uncomfortable with your banking arrangements, if you need financial counseling, or if you just want to look at other options for banking, please take a look at my friends at Security Federal. Also, the show is brought to you by Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. That is my consulting firm. And if you go to my website, which is JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com, you will see all of the shows that I have done under the Local Matters tab, as well as on the other tabs, you will see um, other information about the services provided by my firm. Last week, my special guest was Ms. Juanita Burney, and we talked about her role as vice chair of the Richmond County Board of Assessors. Last week was part one. This week is part two, and we'll finish that rich discussion about how it is that that office and city and county governments decide how much your tax bill is. But before we get to the rest of that conversation, I want to talk a little bit about the infrastructure bill that was passed by Congress. If you were paying attention to the news over the last several days, you will note that the bipartisan infrastructure deal was passed. But sometimes it's hard to figure out exactly what that means, which is to say, where do you go to find out exactly what was included in that legislation? Well, I decided to go to whitehouse.gov, and there I found a fact sheet on it. The official name of it is the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, and it has several parts uh, in this historic legislation that received support from Democrats and some Republicans as well. First, the legislation promises to deliver clean water to all American families and eliminate the nation's lead service lines. It will ensure that every American has access to a reliable high-speed internet. It will repair and rebuild our roads and bridges with a focus on climate change mitigation, resilience, equity, and safety for all users. It will improve transportation options for millions of Americans and reduce greenhouse emissions through the largest investment in public transit in United States history. It will upgrade our nation's airports and ports to strengthen our supply chains and prevent disruptions that have caused inflation. This will improve U.S. competitiveness, create more and better jobs at these hubs, and reduce emissions. It will make the largest investment in passenger rail since the creation of Amtrak. It will build a national network of electric vehicle chargers. It will upgrade our power infrastructure to deliver clean, reliable energy across the country and deploy cutting edge energy technology to achieve a zero emissions future. 
It will also make our infrastructure resilient against the impacts of climate change, cyber attacks, and extreme weather events. Finally, this bill will deliver the largest investment in tackling legacy pollution in American history by cleaning up Superfund and brownfield sites, reclaiming abandoned mines, and capping orphaned oil and gas wells. So, of course, while I think there is something for us to be happy about with all of these investments, uh, they'll not only improve various aspects of our infrastructure, but they'll also create jobs. So all of that are things to celebrate. But on the other hand, I also have to focus on what was left out of this bill. And one of the key things was an investment in our public housing stock. Last month, Local Matters did a two-part series with Doug Freeman. He's the Deputy Executive Director of the Augusta Housing Authority, and he talked to us about how hard it is to secure adequate funding to ensure that our public housing units are sufficiently upgraded so that those who have to live in public housing can get better conditions in public housing than they had in some of the substandard units that they lived in prior to their ability to get into public housing units. Unfortunately, Congress left out funding for improvement for public housing. Uh, that was one of the things that was started in this bill and then was lost uh, as the negotiations took place. Uh, we can only hope that our Congress get serious about providing safe, decent, and affordable housing to people in our country who cannot afford it on the private market. With that said, let's listen to Ms. Juanita Bernie with part two related to the Board of Assessors and why we see our taxes go up. Ms. Bernie begins by explaining how one can be appointed to the Board of Assessors. To be appointed to the Board of Assessors, the appointments are, are recommended by commissioners. So any citizen um, can serve, I believe it's if you've lived in Richmond County at least six months. I think I'm correct on that. Um, there's also a data bank that exists with the clerk of commission where an individual citizen can fill out a form on that data bank and you can voice your interest in serving on any board within Richmond County, not just the board of assessors. You can communicate to your commissioner, whoever the commissioner is over your district, that you have an interest in serving on the board of assessors. When an appointment is made, and I've already said that appointment has to be unanimous by the entire board of assessors, um, the appointment is for four years and you are required to take four classes that are required to serve on the board. And that is to help to get you up to speed knowledge wise on what your responsibilities are and what the board of assessors is responsible for. One of those classes, your first basic class regarding your board of assessors responsibilities has to be taken within the first 180 days of your appointment. All four classes have to be passed. So it's kind of like going back to school, like the college, we go to class, 
and we have to pass those um, classes in order to continue to serve in the capacity as a board member. You can be reappointed um, after a four-year term. You can be reappointed to a, a, another term. I have been an advocate that no one should be on the board forever because there are too many citizens that can serve. Uh, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, it is not in law or in Richmond County law, but to me, an ideal term is about 12 years because you spend your first four years getting acclimated to the responsibilities and learning everything that you need to learn in order to be a good board member. And those classes are not free. So Richmond County taxpayers, you are paying for us to go to those classes. Therefore, you need to get the value back from us in terms of service. And when you turn over a member every four years, you're not quite getting that value for what you're putting out. Because I'm thinking uh, it's in the ballpark of $5,000 to really get a board member trained to serve. Therefore, a second term to me is, is good and in order. Um, and then of course, if you serve a third term, I mean, you're really off and running. But after 12 years, I think it's time for us to step down. That's my opinion. <laughs> I wanna make sure I say that's my opinion and let other citizens serve because Augusta Richmond County has many valuable citizens here that are capable of serving. So. I would never think I should serve there forever because someone else is qualified to come on board and take my place. Okay. Um, let's get back to this discussion of the tax bill. Of course, I got my tax bill and um, I took a look at it along with my neighbors. We're looking at our bills and we went, wow, what happened here? And I, of course, went online, as any citizen can do. You can actually go in, pull up your property, and pull up your bills to see what you've been paying over the last several years. And uh, my tax bill has gone up a good bit over the last five, six years. I moved back in 2014. Um, but after I really scrutinized what was going on over the last few years, I picked up a number of factors, I think some of which have to do with the work of the chief appraiser and his staff and your board of tax assessors. And some of it has to do with other things. So I'm gonna kind of walk through those and you can uh, chime in as needed. Uh, one of the things that set my bill up was that the rate for street lights went up, which doesn't have anything to do with your office, but it's on that bill. Uh, the commission made the decision. I think my streetlight bill went up by about $60 or so, um, maybe a little bit, say, you know, $55, $60. So it was the first thing that sent my bill up. Then uh, later on, I think not this year, but maybe last year, my property was reassessed and my value went up, which is a good thing. I, I'm appreciative of the fact that the value went up for the reasons that you specify. I don't think anybody wants to see or uh, feel like the value of their investment has decreased. So um, my uh, value went up and I got an increase of maybe $150 or so. And then this year I looked at my bill and it went up another $20, $25. And that was because the school board had increased their millage rate. 
So um, your office, the office that you serve on the board of and that you help oversee tells us what the value of the property is. As you indicate, the tax commissioner's office is the one that handles the administrative task of sending out the bills, but it's really your Richmond County Commission, Augusta Commission, and your Richmond County School Board that really decide how much you're going to pay. Is that fair? That's, that's absolutely correct. And one of the things that I want to urge citizens to do is, unfortunately, a lot a lot of people don't go down that bill and look at each category that you're talking about as itemization. They just look at the total amount of the tax bill and then they assume that the Board of Assessors is the culprit for the amount that they have to pay. But again, we're only responsible for the, val the value that was placed on your residential property. Most do not clue in on the fact that the majority of your taxes are going to the school board. And that is in that total number for the tax that you are paying. So look at what you're paying to the Board of Education. They're getting the largest share of the tax money, not Richmond County but the Board of Education. Then you add in other factors that in there, like um, I think fire protection, um, like you said, street lights. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not looking at a bill right now. Stormwater fee. Stormwater is be, not on there, but garbage collection is. But garbage, yes, garbage collection. And so all of those things are on your tax bill but those are not things that were put on there by the Board of Assessors. Board of Assessors is only responsible for what you're being taxed for on your property. And that is 40% of the value of that property. That's what we're responsible for. Okay, all right, very good. And you mentioned if you're unhappy with the value, I think we get a letter sometime in the summer of the year um, that says what our assessed value is, and we then have that chance to appeal, as you had indicated. Um, and you mentioned a board of equalization. Are they the ones that actually hear the appeals? Let's say I got my property value and I don't like the fact that, you know, I think you've raised my value too much. Uh, is it the board of equalization that reviews that? Well, first, you want to take it back to the tax assessor's office okay. and have them relook at it. That's your first step, is to go back and say, I don't agree with you on the value of my assessment and talk with them in, in the office, because it could be something that they overlooked or something new that you have to contribute that they might look at regarding the evaluation. And it is possible for it to be changed right then and there with the tax assessor's office. But if you are not satisfied with coming to the tax assessor's office, then your next step would be the Board of Equalization. And you have the right to go to the Board of Equalization and they will hear you. And again, I talked about the factors that they will look at, uniformity, uh, evaluation, and uh, several other different things to make sure that you're being treated fairly. 
Uh, if you're not satisfied with the outcome from the Board of Equalization, you have the right to file with Superior Court. And Superior Court will hear your case and will make a determination. And who appoints that Board of Equalization? Um, the Board of Equalization is basically appointed by the grand jury for Richmond County. Uh, members are selected and I would say the selection process is probably just about the same. Um, you know, they just identify good citizens or they have um, people recommended to them because I actually served on the board of equalization before being appointed to the board of assessors. And I was just, um, my name was, was given to the grand jury as someone who um, did public service um, would be a, a good addition to the BOE. And so I was asked would I serve? And I said, yes, I would serve. BOE members also have to get training, required training to serve on BOE. And not only do we have to get initial training to serve on either the BOA, Board of Assessors or BOE, Board of Equalization, we also have to do continuing education. We have to have at least a minimum of 20 hours of continuing education every two years. So it's not just a process where you learn initially and there's no more learning because our, our state legislature, they reevaluate and they relook at things and sometimes they change the laws. And so we have to be knowledgeable of all of those changes and come back and apply the requirements in our local jurisdictions. So it's um, when you say lifelong learning, if you serve on these boards, you're in for lifelong classes because you will periodically be going to classes of continuing education as long as you serve. Also, there is, um, an honorarium that is required to serve. And the state requires that members of BOE and BOA are compensated for the time that they put in. And that compensation is determined how much you get, not by the state, but locally. So it's like if Richmond County determines um, what our honorarium is, but it's required by the state to be paid because when I was first appointed, because I do do public service, I offered not to receive an honorarium that I would just do it as public service. But then they said, no, we have to give it to you by state law. When I went to my first class, I learned that that was exactly true. They're required to pay it. And so that's why you have, because um, a lot of citizens say, well, why are they compensated on BOE and there are other boards that people serve on and there is no honorarium for serving. Well, BOE is required by state law. And so that's why we get it. Okay. All right. And I, you know, I have an example as you think about, as you talked about the opportunity to call the tax office if you've got a problem with your value. Uh, some years ago, uh, this would have been around 2009, 2010. Um, I was not living in Augusta at the time, but my mother was still here and uh, she and several residents of at least two subdivisions in East Augusta, I believe it was Eastview and 
Hornsby, and Hornsby subdivision and maybe a couple of others, we got some tax bills that looked like they were too low. And you had a group of widow ladies who were convinced that the city was trying to artificially lower the value of their homes so that they could come in and buy them out for some purpose at a cheap price. And I looked at the bill and I said, eh, this, it doesn't look quite right, but let's not assume that there's any nefarious motive at this time. So I just called down to the tax office, the chief appraiser's office, talked to somebody in there and they explained the person who was doing it wasn't the person that had assessed our particular area, but they had some familiarity with it. And they said, you know, we, we are reissuing your bills. There was some mistake. Uh, so just be on the lookout for a new bill. And sure enough, a few weeks later, we did get a new bill, bill with higher values um, that were, you know, perhaps more accurate and alleviated those fears on behalf of all my neighbors that there was some grand conspiracy on the part of the city to, to buy out all the property at a cheap price. So I say that to say that, yes, that does work. You can call them, talk to them, let them know what your concerns are, and they will get addressed. So we only have there's a couple one, left. Hmm? There, I was going to say that there's one thing I can say without hesitation since I have been on the board of assessors. First of all, I want to assure all citizens that that office works very, very hard. The employees have to be certified to be appraisers. They have to go to class two, they have to pass tests and there are different levels of appraisers. They go from appraiser one all the way up to an appraiser four for, um, evaluating property. So it's a very technical um, mission that they have. And again, it is structured by rules and regulations that come from the Georgia Department of Revenue. So I want to assure everybody that I don't think there's any hanky-panky regarding bills coming from the Board of Assessors Office. They work very hard to follow the guidelines and to treat, um, to do this fair assessment for every person regarding their property. And they're definitely open that if you feel you have not been treated fairly with your property, to come by, call them, whatever. They're open to talking with you and trying to assist you with your concern. Uh, Ms. Jackson, I am glad that you mentioned widows though, because another important thing I want to say is that when it comes to taxation, once you turn 65 years old, there are several different exemptions. And so if you're interested, once you turn 65, in what the various exemptions might be, you need to go to the tax commissioner's office, let them know that you're 65 years of age, and let them discuss with you what those exemptions might be. Also, there are some categories for veterans and in particular disabled veterans. So if you fall into that category, there may be some exemptions, special exemptions that you're in, entitled to. And you can get that information from the tax commissioner's office, but also from the tax assessor's office, we will give you any information that we know, but to be exempt from those exemptions, you would need to go to the tax commissioner's office. 
Um, before we get into any other questions, one of the things that I would like to share, if you don't mind, Ms. Jackson, real quick, and I'm just gonna, um, I'm gonna read it off of a list. We're taxed and we're taxed because our government needs money in which to operate. So what do they do with this money that they're taxing us for and that we pay? And I wanna read you a list that comes from the Georgia Department of Revenue on what our taxes are used for. So um, they're used to pay the expenses of administration of the county government, to pay the principal and interest of any debt of the county and to provide a sinking fund for the payment of the principal and interest for educational purposes upon property located outside of independent school systems as provided in article eight of the constitution of the state to build and repair public buildings and bridges, to pay the expenses of courts and the maintenance and support of inmates, to pay sheriffs and coroners and to pay for litigation, to build and maintain a system of county roads for public health purposes in the county and for the collection and preservation of records of vital statistics, to pay county police, to support indigent individuals, to pay county agricultural and home demonstration agents, to provide for payment of old age assistance to aged individuals in need for the payments of, assistant, of assistance to needy blind, assistance to dependent children and other welfare benefits, um, to provide for fire protection and to provide for hospitalization and medical care of indigent people of the county. So those are just a mirror and that's not all inclusive of the things that our taxes pay for is to run this government and run those things that I just read off to you. So our taxes are used for a lot of things. Thank you so much for all of this information that I know our listeners need. As we get prepared to close out, is there anything else you want to share with them? Um, one thing that might be of interest is that the Board of Assessors is also responsible for approving exempt property that comes before us for review when a property is asking for an exemption from taxes. And a few things that fall in that category would be cemeteries. Cemeteries are tax exempt by state law. Um, places of religious worship, which would be our churches. Um, there are some churches now that branch out into um, different developments, like they have apartment complexes and things like that. Now that, if they're income producing, that portion is taxable, but the house of worship itself is not taxable. That's tax exempt. And then purely public charities are tax exempt. So we review those requests that come in that say we feel like we qualify not to pay taxes and we make a determination as to whether they truly qualify for the exemption or they do not qualify for the exemption. And once again, if, if we rule against them, they have the right to go to the Board of Equalization and have it reviewed in the same process that residential um, residents have. Um, I would like to stress that our meetings are public and they are open to any citizen, any citizen that would like to join and come to a meeting to observe 
us at work is welcome to your Richmond County Board of Tax Assessors meets every second Monday at the municipal building within the building that we are having a meeting. And so all, all citizens are welcome to attend. I just appreciate your time and your service to that board, uh, as well as your overall interest in the well-being of our community. And thank you so much for being a guest on Local Matters. Thank you for having me on Local Matters. And I would like to urge all of our citizens to develop more interest in what is happening in your county government. Um, when people get together, then action is taken. So be interested in what is happening with your government. And that is a part of being a public servant. All of us can be public servants by being interested in what's going on in our governmental affairs. And thank you again for having me. Thank you. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.